0: Impress your friends, amaze your co-workers, make your family
1: proud. Here's what you need to know. I'm tell you what gonna tell you need to know. Fourth quarter of the program begins right now, finishing strong here on a Wednesday hump day. We're, uh, after today, closer to the game than we... Closer to the Raven game than we were the Bills game Mm -hmm. uh, once we get by today. So uh, it's coming. It's coming. It'll be here before we know it. Uh, A lot of uh, Chiefs sound here in our uh, Need to Know. We'll also break
2: down the uh, Chiefs with Seth Kaiser, uh, Chief in the North Newsletter. And more Uh, to come tomorrow. (laughs) Seven today? Seven tomorrow? The two of them will be the same. Are you talking about all the people at the uh, podium? Yeah, absolutely. They bring everyone.
1: Uh, They are all going to be at the uh, podium. Our uh, Need to Know is brought to you by our friends at Big O' Tire's. Now through January 28th, tick, 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 tick. Uh, time is running out, but you can still take advantage of it. Instantly save $100 on their exclusive line of Big O brand tires. Uh, plus, take advantage of their winter healthy car special. That's just thirty nine ninety five. Oil change, tire rotation, alignment check, battery system check, and more. All for thirty nine ninety five. Uh The savings, they will not last. Make an appointment online right now at BigOtires.com or visit your local Big O tires today. Big O tires, the team you trust. Uh, Let's start uh, with uh, a little bit from uh, out at the uh, podium today. We begin with a little bit of Andy Reid. First thing off, he was asked uh, with Joe Tooney uh, being out uh, about Allegretti's ability to step in and uh, play for Joe Tooney. Allegretti is a guy that has started for us a number of games. and All the guys look at him like he's a starter. Um, So everybody's got confidence that he can come in and and do a nice job, tough kid. Uh, not everything's the most uh, or the prettiest thing that you've seen, but he, he's going to fight you right to the end. And uh, and he's smart, so in uh, combination. Damning with faint praise. There, <laughs> it's
2: not going to be the prettiest thing. <laughs> what, do you, what do you take from that? <laughs> uh, that's for for a guy who doesn't say very much. That was kind of like, mm, nice. Not going to look great, but he'll, he'll he'll fight you, right? I mean, I <laughs> if I'm Nick Allen I might be going. What? Listen, I'm not trying to
1: diminish Joe Tooney's an outstanding guard, but you know, we asked Eric Eager many years ago, what's the least important position on the field in left guard is what analytics will tell you is the least important position on the field. So, And I think Nick Algretti is a good backup. They lose a little something, but if you're going to lose something, this is probably the spot that it's it's best to lose it at. Is that fair to say? Uh, yes, I, I think it is fair to say. I, I think, um, you know, the, the problem is the Ravens do have a very good defensive line, and so they can make you pay. And right. he's going to have to be good. Yeah. And he's- if he is good, then... He's going to make a lot of money. I mean, this is an opportunity. He's he's only signed to a one year deal, yep. so he'll be out on free agency. So I, I think this is a big opportunity for
2: him uh, in this game. So not, there's a the difference between? Oh, go ahead. Adam.
1: Well, I just on the topic of the Ravens
3: defensive line. I'm not super familiar with them. Do they have a guy? A Chris jones s guy that they'll just move around to find yeah. the weakest
1: link? Yeah. Um, again, little, on the inside, it's um, – and I want Metab- to – Metabike? Yeah, i gotta, I got to see it to try to not butcher it.
3: So you kind of um, anticipate him them finding Allegretti with him? Yes.
1: Okay. That's yeah. what I would anticipate.
2: Yes. yes. And, and on a, on a, so often with the pass rush, these lines or playoff teams, the difference in ability is so close that it just takes one little bit of slippage. For one guy, I mean, these guys spend all day just barely holding off the guy in front of them. Even if it's five percent difference on one player, it just takes one play, one guy to get beaten on one play to blow up an entire series. So it, it, it seemed like there's always that tug of war. You don't want really any slippage on the offensive line, but it's it's maybe easier to to mask. They can scheme around a guy, but but as you were about to point out, the defensive lines have. have don't just lay four guys across the front and say, here, go after the quarterback. They move guys around. Michael Pierce, you're
1: going to look at it. People are familiar with the Ravens. You're going to be like, why is that fat ass wearing 58? Okay, because <laughs> he's the old school, right. you know, uh, Gilbert Brown style mm-hmm. uh, nose tackle. Uh, that's going to be in there. And then Matabuike is the guy that they kind of move around. He's their Chris Jones. Um, you know that. And, and then Jadavion Clowney and uh, Urban on the outside are, are good. They're yeah. they're kind of like the Chiefs. I think it's pretty comparable, except for, I think the difference is probably Pierce is better than Naughty. Yeah. Right? And so, you know, but otherwise it's a pretty comparable matchup. Like, style. the Chiefs have very good linebackers. Roquan Smith is the best linebacker in this game. Yes. And so he can do so many things, whether it's cover Travis Kelsey one-on-one. He's one of the few linebackers that might be able to do that. Support the run. Uh, he can fly around. Patrick Queen can get dominated by linemen if they can get a lineman on him. You can dominate him, but he can A to B if he's playing in space. He'll look yeah. really good. Yeah. If he's
2: got to deal with traffic, then he starts to be a problem. He, has to sprint, he starts to have problems to the point of attack or to the sideline. He's something else. Smith's probably the best linebacker they'll face all year. He's one of the best linebackers in football. Yeah, I mean, he, that's that's all pro talent.
1: Yeah, when they made that move, you're like, really, you're going to make that move for for a linebacker? You know, if you look back a couple of years ago, their defense sucked. And a lot of the guys that were on the defense that sucked are still there. But Roquan Smith made it all start to fit, mm-hmm. and they got better coaching. They changed, they got away For from sure. the uh, what's he's blitz on every play crap, and they've diversified what it is they Week do. Wake Martindale. Martindale, they play more. And, and listen, not that I shouldn't say crap, but he, he can coordinate a defense. But he he, there's some Gunther Cunningham in him. Yes. Oh, we didn't get there. Let's come with more guys, yes. right? Instead we'll of take diversifying, pride in how yeah. many
2: times they blitzed?
1: Yeah, that that was that, that was you know that that was their their problem there. But Marlon Humphrey, if he's healthy and he. And he hasn't been, but he's been playing is a tremendous corner. And then Kyle Hamilton's a very good safety. I mean,
2: they're good at all three so levels. It's a unicorn. Very few players play that safety. I can't think of anybody else who plays the safety position quite the way Hamilton does. Yeah, um, wouldn't be surprised to see him on Kelsey the whole day.
1: Yeah, he, he. If they can. Yeah, they. They. Um, they're really good. They're really good on defense, and we've had Sam McDowell in here. I think Sam McDowell might, if he wasn't already married, would propose marriage to the Ravens' defense. <laughs> if you see him, you know, if you listen to him on the show, the way he talks about uh, how good they are defensively. And so it's it's a challenge, there's no doubt. A big challenge. Uh, and the Chiefs, you know, coming off a game this might be is they're a letdown, never won a road playoff game. Well, now they've done it. You wouldn't think there'd be a letdown in the AFC Championship game, but Patrick Mahomes is asked about moving on from such a big win in Buffalo.
0: Yeah, I've I've learned it just from from doing it, um, having those experiences. Um, but um I think you just you, your ultimate goal is to get to the Super Bowl, um, but it takes the day by day process, step by step. And I've just learned to uh, you you celebrate, you have those emotions, and then you come in that Monday and you just you wipe it all clean and you go back to game planning again. And um, you really want to celebrate is you hope you hope to have that parade and that's when you can really celebrate. And I try to keep that in, in the back of guys' minds is yeah it was awesome we won the game we we'll celebrate we land off the plane now we're moving on to the next week.
2: Keep that in the back of guys' minds. That's him. It isn't mm-hmm. just how he looks at it, it's how he tells people around him to look at it. You
3: know, the the last two times they had moments like this, now that I think about it, they obviously had tremendous second halves in both these games, but they started slow against the Patriots after, fi- you know, they, they won the home playoff game and beat the Colts. I don't know if that's what was going on, but they did start slow against the Patriots in that AFC title game, and obviously when they broke through and beat the Titans to go to the Super Bowl against the 49ers, they weren't impressive for the, you know, offensively anyway, or in the early parts of that game. Look, it could just be they're playing really good teams, and you know, they were causing that. The other teams are causing that defensively, but it is worth sort of noting. Well,
1: I mean, some of that is like, you know, I think people mistake like the scripted plays, the first 15 scripted plays as being, this is Andy Reid's best 15 plays where he knows he can score. And that's not what it is. It's 15 plays designed to probe the defense and see how they're going to play things. At some point in there, you know, barring a a, a calamitous down and distance situation, at some point in there, he's going to run four goes right like are they going to play some some zone all right if if i send four guys because if you're in a cover two, who's going to run with him? Do the corners run with him? Are they going to try to run with a linebacker? You know, like that's why we'd always see in Greg Robinson's deal, Kavika Mitchell is chasing. Like, why is he chasing a wideout down the middle? Because that's what they did on their zone. As he would have the linebacker, and Kavika Mitchell would do a pretty good job, but would leave a wide receiver open because he's a linebacker chasing a, uh, a wide out all the way down the field. He's going to do that. He's he's going to take the underneath stuff. Who's going to come up? He's going to motion everything. Everybody's going to get their turn in motion to see who runs with them and to see how they show different things. And that's why you see early in the game a lot. Andy Reid yeah. with that pen cap in his mouth in his laminated sheet and making notes. Yeah. On this, they do this. On this, they do it's that. It's like in-game nice. film study. Yeah, that's what it what is. What do they do? It's a quick breakdown on how they're going to react, and so there's a. Sometimes they are slow out of the gates because they're not just trying to score; they want to score, but they're trying to figure out how they're being played so that he can then come back and attack. He's somewhat of a counterpuncher,
2: yes. And how he does. See people who have ever done that part better.
1: Uh, Isaiah Pacheco. Um, I don't know that he got the question. I, I talked about like, hey, back in that Bengals game, everybody said you simplified everything, right? Like, and that's it. And you guys have played better on offense since. then. I asked Pacheco, uh, what's really changed in the offense?
0: I'll say the intensity changed. Uh, it's the grit you could see the, the guys, uh, the the eyes in the, in the huddle, and the way they bite bite their mouthpieces down from the start of practice. When it's group install, uh, it's not just group install. It's the beginning of practice, beginning of the game. Uh, that's the mindset we had to have because when it's set and it's all said and done, when the ball's not, it's over.
1: I think. Part of yeah. that's like, I'm not saying anything that we're doing differently. I've been schooled. Don't give away any bit of the game plan. I think that's part of it.
2: Yeah. That, that, that seems to be a, a, a trend. We're trying harder. Common trait among chief players uh, of not doing that. I'm
1: not buying that. I'm not either. No, no. Maybe it was, well, it was a wake-up call that we're not playing well enough to be, to get to go where we want to go. That could have been part of it, I suppose. Um, you know, from that standpoint, uh, Justin Reed always great at the podium. I wish they'd kept him there long. They didn't give him very much yeah. time at the podium. They're sort of uh, rushing the guys late because uh, we had to get to. Uh, why didn't Why didn't you get put fifteen after fourteen? By the way,
2: okay. Uh,
1: because I want that one. Okay. Um, and just get I your thought You might, but I wasn't sure. Yeah, yeah. get your thoughts on uh, on that. <laughs> you know, we had to get Justin Reed out of there uh, in just five minutes. Uh, and he's
2: always very good. Oh, it's, uh, it's tremendous. Yeah, I, I, so I wish we might had... be the best player on the team in, in, that, in yeah. that situation. Yeah, he's thoughtful. Yeah, you know, we had him here in the studio, and he was terrific. He's
1: yeah, um, more Justin, but Reed. fourteen now, right? Okay. Um, yeah. And, oh, by the way, he went to Stanford. So stunning. He's a bright guy. Uh, Justin Reed talking about uh, second halves. Uh, asked why they've been so good when they uh, get past halftime.
4: That's the Spagnuolo effect. You know, he's a, we make adjustments at halftime. Um, we have the players that's able to take in those adjustments. And some of the things that we put in, we don't even practice throughout the week, but it's just based on what we've seen and what we've been getting throughout the day. And we put it in and we go out and execute and good things tend to happen. Um, we believe in him wholeheartedly. He believes in us and we believe in each other. Uh, nobody goes out and tries to play hero ball. We just play the defense player responsibility um, with intensity and uh, a little bit of violence. And, you know, good things happen.
1: A little hint of violence. I love
4: that. Could that I,
1: can part. I get the chef salad with ranch and just a hint of violence? Just a hint of violence. Sprig a little violence maybe, on there?
2: Maybe half a spoon. Half a scoop.
1: That's the way. <laughs> just half a scoop. Half a scoop. Sprig a little violence on there.
2: Oh, that's good yeah. violence right there. Oh, oh, so good.
3: Damn it. It's, it's Violent. Not No violence on my food now.
2: <laughs> that was a great intensity with just a little bit of violence. My wife would hold Jeez, the violence. Defense. Yeah. She's hold. not a fan. No. No. Can, I get, can I get the violence on the side? Actually, you know what? She's, she's, I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll did it sound like that? It yeah, that did. get the violence on the side, I can just add it yeah. to she's my holding face. the
3: violence, I'll have hers.
2: <laughs> I'll just, yeah. Double my violence. Go ahead and bring her yeah. violence. Put it. Yeah. Just put yeah, I'll bring just, it for me. I'll just dip it in the violence. It's a pickle, is what it <laughs> is. <laughs>
1: um, all right, Creed Humphrey. Uh, we had to hurry Justin Reed off so we could get the uh, big-time breakdowns from Creed Humphrey. I asked Humphrey, you know, he's had some troubles with the snaps. Uh, you could tell he was thrilled uh, to have that question uh, coming up. I said, what do you do? Do you get a little extra reps off to the side with Pat? Do you, does a coach step in? Uh, what do you do to try to be uh, more efficient with the snaps?
2: Yeah, you know, just uh, like you said, uh, get extra snaps in during the week, things like that, and uh, just kind of move on to the next play and make sure you're doing it right the next play.
1: Well, let's do something different. If that's what you're doing, I, I vote yeah. let's try something different. Right, right. I mean, he
3: doesn't get. I mean, he snaps more footballs than Kadarius Tony gets balls thrown to him. Even when Tony was playing, but there's a similar point. Like, man, whatever it is you're doing to fix this problem, yeah.
2: maybe more of something or less. Opposite of day. I I call for opposite day. In that regard. I, I'm not kidding. Like I, I I think it's
1: important. I think it's a big problem yes. and, and Andy Reid knows more about the psyche and mindset of a team and maybe changing that position right now is just something you don't want to do. But Man, when Nick Allegretti was snapping the ball against the Chargers, and they were rotating the other three in through there, and Creed Humphrey was over a guard. First so of all, he's really athletic. He plays. I mean, he's a tremendous. He's tremendous at everything about his position. I assume he. I don't know if he. What his calls are. I assume his calls are good because they. If his calls really suck, they wouldn't keep him there for sure. Because the snaps are enough of a reason to change. Yes. It. But moving him to guard wouldn't be the worst thing in the world, in no. my opinion. All right, I love this one. Let's get this one in here. Uh, Harrison Bucker. Uh, we don't hear from Butker much, but uh, he is a thoughtful guy. I've always enjoyed my conversations with Harrison Butker, and you talk about the kicking. I mean, I there was one day I sat and for like ten minutes he chatted about the nuances, the difference between college and pros. Because like, I asked him like, "Well, you know, you weren't really that accurate at Georgia Tech, and now you're incredibly accurate. Like, was there some whispering that Dave Tobe did or whatever?" He's like, "No, kicking in college sucks." Like, we don't get the reps that we do in the pros. It's kind of like, oh, here. We never got reps with the actual snap or anything. You're just on the side kicking on your own. He said, here, we actually run out on the field, line up. The the linemen are in front of us. We snap it and we kick it on real goal posts. There, we're just working on some side field. And maybe that's just Georgia Tech, but that's how it was in college. He said, the footballs, they're crap in college. The kicking balls are the crappy balls. You know, he said the caliber of the fields. He went through all these different things about why it's so much harder to kick in college. I thought that was great. He's at it again with this because he's asked about the weather and how tough it was. And and listen how detailed he goes. Because we know, they said before, both kickers were struggling with the weather, right? So he was asked how much the weather played a role back in Buffalo.
4: Definitely. I think as a kicker, your competition is kind of the the surface you're playing on and the weather. Um, So things I look at are is it going to be sunny, and then if it's going to be sunny, what's the stadium configuration because you need to know where the shadows are going to be. That's something that's always affected me, especially if the holder, um, maybe his shadow is causing where the ball is going to go to be really dark so you know when the ball gets put down, I'm not going to be able to see it. Or the holder can put the ball down and you can see the ball and then your shadow goes over the spot, and then the ball turns dark right before you make contact. Obviously, if it's raining, you need to make sure you have good cleats that you can wear. Um, And then wind as well. You need to know, okay, if this is going to be a day where it's going to be a lot of right to left, I need to make sure I'm working with my holder on, for me at least, for leaning the ball away from me towards him it's left to right obviously needs to be straight up and down you got to work on starting the left but you just try to make sure you're prepared so you've almost you've won the game before you even begin and there's no surprises when you get to the stadium you know okay the wind's going to do this shadows uh you know rain or shine you're kind of ready and i think that helps keep you calm no matter what the situation is wow
1: the shadows on the ball, where where the holder is, is the holder c- casting a
2: shadow on the ball? Do I cast a shadow on the ball if All I right. can see the ball and my approach causes the shadow? Goodness gracious.
1: You know, if only
2: referees
1: (laughs) would take their job as serious as Harrison Bucker takes his job.
2: There's a lot of reasons why he's one of the best there is in the game and can eventually probably be one of the best ever. I
1: never thought of the shadows on the ball. You know, this time of year when the sun's low and all that kind of stuff, there's tons of shadows. Like, you're like, der. But that was that was fantastic. Uh Joe Tooney did not practice today due to his uh, pec injury, but uh, sources say, "quote He's going to work like crazy to play." Uh, Debo Samuel did not practice today; his status for the uh, championship game remains uncertain. Dolphins and Vic Fangio have mutually agreed to part ways. Are you ki- the Andy Reid killer?
2: Yes. I also saw a report from Jeremy Fowler. It said sources said the x-rays revealed no major damage to Willie Gay's neck. that He's trending upward. Okay. That was not mentioned today, but that's from Jeremy Fowler.
1: Uh, That'd be a
2: great get. That would be.
1: A get uh, back. Fangio, by the way, is uh, uh, expected to uh, end up with the uh, D.C. job with the Philadelphia Eagles. uh, Titans, uh, former Titans head coach Mike Vrabel, interviewing for the Panthers job. Uh, If he has to settle for working for that guy... I'm, I'm shocked. Yeah. I'm shocked. Joe Maurer, Todd Helton, and Adrian Beltre were elected into the uh, 24 Major League Baseball Hall of Fame class. Um, that was done yesterday. Uh, but if you didn't see it, it happened last night, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if you didn't see it, that's there. And Doc Rivers has reached an agreement in principle to become the next head coach of the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, so uh, they uh, fire Adrian Griffin. They hire uh, Doc Rivers. So not not a bad landing spot there tonight k-state is at iowa state 8 p.m is the game iowa state a seven and a half point favorite uh let's take a break we will talk to the man who breaks down the film seth kaiser chief of the north newsletters next here in the program
0: he's a pastor who likes the passing game an attorney who enjoys play action more than class action And he loves to watch Chiefs game take for hours and hours and hours. He's Seth Kaiser of The
1: Athletic on the program. Seth Kaiser's appearance here in the uh, program is brought to you by the University of Kansas Health System. Not much more important uh, when it comes to playing sports than playing your best. When a sports injury slows you down, see the experts who care for the Chiefs and the Royals. New Year's resolution trying to get in shape, got a knee barking at you, an ankle that's a problem. Uh, find out. Uh, see the same experts that care for the Kansas City Chiefs right now. The University of Kansas Health System. You can request an appointment at slash sports medicine or walk in to the orthopedic clinic. That's right. You can walk right in. They have orthopedic experts waiting to see you right there at 435 and all. Walk-in care is available right now. Open weekdays 8 to 7. Saturdays 8 to 2. Learn more at kansashealthsystem.com slash orthopedics. Uh, We welcome Seth Kaiser to the festivities. Seth, how are you, sir?
0: I am doing very, very well. How's the week treating you?
1: Uh, Doing great. Uh, After this uh, day, we're closer to the next game than we were the last game. And uh, let's start with this. Before we dive into some of your film breakdowns, how confident are you going up against the Ravens?
0: I'm coin flip confident. You know, great team. Um, It's just about what, uh, what version of the Chiefs do we get. Two weeks in a row, we've gotten a certain version. And uh, so I'm coin flip confident.
1: How much do you think the last two weeks, the version we've gotten from the Chiefs, is a product from the injuries the opposition was playing with?
0: I think you can't... Not consider it, especially when you consider the where the injuries were at in each game. So with the Dolphins, you've got along the defensive line. So that's going to have an adverse effect on the pass rush. You and I talked about that last week. It was very clear from early in the game they couldn't get pressure without blitzing. And that just that doesn't work against the Chiefs. I can't think of a game they haven't had a high output where a team couldn't get pressure with four. Um, and then against the Bills, their, linebacking crew, their linebacker crew was ravished by injuries, and that's going to directly affect the middle of the field and some of the areas the Chiefs like to attack. So that's naturally going to have an effect as well. So it's, it's at least some of it, but at the same time, the things that we've seen from the Chiefs, Really clean execution. Really like even like silly things that they were for some reason struggling with earlier in the year. Getting to the line clean and giving the home fifteen seconds to look at everything and make a call. Um, cutting down on penalties a great deal. Um, you know, cutting down on drops, cutting down on stupid mistakes. McCole Hardman's fumbles aside, like it, it just it looked so much cleaner and the narrowing of targets and and who's you know involved and who's doing what that. That stuff I think you can take away from it, the cleaner execution, even while acknowledging the, the injuries to the defenses they were playing.
1: I don't think there's anything wrong with, with trying to coach to you know, for what you think you can become. Right, like, hey, I think we can be more than we are now, so we're going to work towards getting to be all that we can be, reaching uh, the full extent of what our ceiling can be. Is that what we saw from the Chiefs? And then Andy Reid said, "Okay, we've done all we can to try to be better. Now we got to focus on what it is we do." Did he wait too long to do that? Did he do it just right? Like, what, what did you see about the timing of when they did quote unquote simplify, clean up, you know, get out of the huddle faster, all that? What, what do you what do you think the, the thinking was there?
0: You know. I- tough to know without getting your head in the huddle and in the meetings. And in terms of the timing of it all, it's hard to argue with it. You know, as frustrating as that Christmas Day loss was. And it was wildly frustrating. I mean, that was, you know, there's been multiple losses this season that we've all hoped were like the wake-up call, right? And, you know, everyone else, finally losing to the Broncos, you know, losing the game to the Bills that they really wanted, and like all these things. And then the real low point is just getting blasted by the Raiders. I For me, as much as that was a bummer, and, you know, it cost them certain things, home field advantage, all that stuff, it's also hard to argue with the results they're getting in the playoffs so far. And I think I'm not going to be able to know, okay, did they flip the switch too, too late? Too, you know, you know what, what, what was the issue here? I'm really not going to know, honestly, until oh, Sunday. I'm going to say it around, you know, 7.30, give or take. Because, like, for me, if they play really well, win or lose, if they play play really well again, execute really well again, do all those things that they struggled with for much of the year, it would be hard for me to not say, "Well, it seemed like they picked the appropriate time because they knew they were going to make the playoffs, and they did what they had to do in the playoffs." If that makes sense.
1: Um, I agree, and I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Not not to you know go to the whip on a horse that hasn't been brought out of the stall for a couple of weeks now, but uh, <laughs> Canarius Tony. If they'd have gotten to the, like, it ain't working with this guy quicker, they could have been 13-4 and four this year and maybe playing this game at home because, you know, I, I, like, I'm like. i of the opinion it ain't ever going to work with that guy. Now, maybe they're not. Maybe they're going to give it another run next year. They probably will based upon their cap situation and what he costs. But if they'd have had somebody else, if they had not gone for him or figured out last year that this isn't going to work – I mean, he has two games that basically are on him for losses. And and that's unfair, I know, because, you know, hey, there were numerous other plays that people could have made during the game where it didn't come down to just that one play. But it did, sure. and he botched it. He lined up offsides, and he knocked one ball against Detroit up into the air that became a pick-six. I mean, so from that standpoint...
2: And, and the bar was low on both of those things they, you needed him to do. Yes. We're we going to blame him for not crazy. catching a 75-yard touchdown pass you know, with one hand. Right. We're asking you to not right. be on on offside and <laughs> not bat the ball into the air for a pick-six. Yeah, Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> the rare occasion, you could say, well, I could have done that. Like, <laughs> yes, not, yeah. the, not the not the catch-pick-six pick thing. I, I would implode if I had to actually, you know, run on the field. I would get press coverage into oblivion <laughs> and die, basically. Like, every snap would look like what LeCherry Snead did. Right, kill, that's what I was right? thinking. Yeah. But, but I could line up on sides. I yes. could do that. I can point at the ref and say, oh, okay, I'm in the right place. Now, Travis, please don't throw me the ball. Um, you're just going to need to take the really, really big game here. So I I, I, I do think there's a good point to be made there with Tony. Yeah, yeah,
1: I I bring it up just to say that, like, listen, this is part of the roster construction thing where the front office and the coaching staff have to work together and realize this is a lost cause. And, you know, we we got to go in another direction. Like, I think for all their success with, you know, I pointed out earlier, I'm like, look, Scott Pioli would not have drafted McCall Hardman and he he would not have traded for Kadarius Tony. But he also wouldn't have drafted Tyreek Hill right because his football's got to be important he would he would come to the conclusion on all three of those guys that it's not and i'll make you the case that hitting the one time out of the three has paid bigger dividends than whatever reward Scott Pioli would have for not having the other two. It's just two different ways to look about going going and getting it done. Like, you know, the, the Chiefs are going high reward, and he's going low risk. And you can get to the finish line either way. What you can't do is bounce back and forth between the two. And to the Chiefs' credit, they tend to always go high reward. I mean, they they, they, they tend to always do it the same way. Anyway, sidebar there. Let's talk about Travis Kelsey, because you had a great breakdown on the Chief in the North newsletter about Travis Kelsey. We're talking to Seth Kaiser there, and one of the things I noted on all the, uh, I never get it right, gifs, gifs, uh, that you have, uh, all the films, he's coming out of the slot, just real quick. Is he a slot receiver more than he is a tight end? I'm fine with him being a tight end. I'm fine with people wanting to call him the greatest tight end of reality because I think this is what tight ends are today, right? So, great, he doesn't line up in line and block like Jason Dunn. Well, no good tight end does. So, I'm not trying to suddenly echo uh, who's that jackass third-string quarterback from the Pats that was always whining about Kelsey versus Gronk. Uh, oh. Krenzel or whatever that that Ohio State. Toad was Jeez. anyway. I'm Craig, not. I'm not Craig trying to, Krenzel? Craig Crenzel, was that what it was? I'm not, I'm not trying to echo his sentiment, but like, is that what the tight end is now? The uh, glorified slot, big slot receiver.
0: In a lot of ways, yeah. It is worth noting that a lot of these, you know, are 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 passing downs that are featuring Kelsey in some way in a specific manner, and so you're going to be more likely just by the sample size to have him lined up there rather than in line or as an H-back. And I think one of them he was lined up in the backfield. And so and so really the yeah. modern NFL tight end really has shifted to reflect how things are more spread out, and even when they're not as spread out, that they're lined up off and off the line like an H-back and that sort of thing. And the the, the cool thing about that is as much as you saw some of that in smaller Levels with guys that like it had to be done. Like it was insane to not use Tony Gonzalez like a receiver more often than an inline guy because he was so great. Same with Shannon Sharp, right? But the 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 big thing is Kelsey has really been at the forefront of that becoming the norm instead of the exception. And I think part of that is also the run game has taken more and more of a backseat over the years. And so you're going to see that natural evolution where guys that maybe wouldn't have been able to play tight end in the past, and Kelsey absolutely could have. I mean, remember coming out, blocking was one of the things he was known for, which is what's so hilarious. One of the uh, one of the things that I actually broke down, if you can call it that, when he was coming out of Cincinnati, is Jason Kelsey, put together a YouTube highlight film just of his blocks and that's the funny thing people forget that and so he really is he he is not he's used as an inline blocker at times but he's not you know having he's not digging out a nine tech or doing something like where and and that would be a waste of his skill set and so he is a different kind of tight end in the more evolved like the way that the position has evolved in the NFL. But he still lines up in line or like the HVAC type area a fair amount of the time. But not as often as he lines up in the slot, though.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, and, and why is he so effective at getting open? You break it down in the piece, but how would you describe what it is that he does that's so special?
0: He just sees the field better than anyone, and, and he sees it in real time. You and I have talked a bunch of times about how we tend to over- or undervalue – um, mental reflexes, as it were, you know, the ability to to see something as it's developing on the fly. Um, You know, we, we tend to just only look at the physical in terms of with players. And it's not necessarily about, you know, having book smarts or whatever, that kind of thing. Like some of the best trial attorneys that I know are not good legal writers. But, man, if something weird happens in trial, they don't miss a beat and they just immediately start asking questions that go after it and they're able to just adjust on the fly. And that ability to absorb what's happening around you with, with vision and see what's going on and react quickly, that's a skill, just like anything else. And he sees that as well as anyone. That's why there's clips out there and it's so funny and I actually linked to one of them in the article where he's sitting there he's sitting there pointing to the receiver that Mahomes should be throwing to because he knows that the curl flat defender chose him. And so he he just knows where things are at as they're happening on the field. And because of that he's able to just get himself open in a way that most people can't. And that's and then that's why teams have to give him so much extra attention. And that's why I thought it would be fun to write about the the gravity that he has as he moves Around the field, and you could see it against the Bills. You saw it against the Dolphins, and I'm guessing you'll see it against the Ravens as well.
1: Roquan Smith is he the Kelsey killer in this game? You
0: know, I've never seen a linebacker successfully be kind of the Kelsey killer. Now we've reached a point here to where Kelsey's athleticism isn't what it used to be, but honestly, like you know, in a foot race, I. He's a lot faster than people think because he's so tall. People don't realize how much ground he covers. The problem is guys that play linebacker, even really well, for one, they're not often man-to-man on tight ends. Like even Fred Warner, probably the best coverage linebacker in the league. You can count on one hand the number of times he's going to line up opposite a tight end and cover him one-on-one because that's not what they practice. That's not how you utilize really good coverage backers. You utilize good coverage backers to, to take away intermediate zone looks. You utilize coverage backers to cover a lot of ground in those same zones on the middle of the field as Kelsey's crossing it. You know They don't, they don't get hung up in the muck as much. So I would be shocked if that's what they did. The only time I've seen a team really try to utilize like a pure Kelsey stopper has been with guys like Derwin James or, um, or, or Gilmore. The Patriots did that a few times. Chris Harris Jr., the Broncos, would try to do that. And there's been mixed success with that. The one who's had the most success is probably Derwin James because of his combination of size and athleticism. And I just don't think a linebacker is built – to, like, Luke Keekly couldn't cover Kelsey. It's just it, there's an art to being able to not get set up by head fakes and all the weird stuff that he does. So my, if they're going to utilize someone for that, you would think it would be Kyle Hamilton, not Raquan Smith.
2: Yeah, that was the next name I was going to ask you. And even Kelsey got Derwin James in a key moment. As good as James was, yep. the touchdown last year and that the clincher, he, he got him.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely, and that's a great thing to note. Is well, One of the reasons he got him is they were running, um, it might not have been mesh, but it was a similar concept where you've got Justin Watson coming from the other way, right, to get in Derwin James' way for just a split second. It's not a pick. It's just more of someone just being there. Whoops, oh no, I've I've gotten in your way, Derwin James. This is terrible. And that's a problem also with trying to do like a Kelsey stopper in pure man coverage because if you're going to do that, Andy Reid knows you're going to do that, and he's going to have Kelsey run through man coverage beating looks over and over. And no matter who you have doing that – they, they're going to fall victim to that. And also, if you're a team that doesn't do that consistently, from what I can tell, that's not how the Ravens use Hamilton. They use him all over the field, and they should. He's an incredible player. And if you decide to change what you do that much, you're opening yourself up to some problems. And so I would be surprised if they treated it like one guy. I'm guessing it's going to be much more... Of a, a a Halloween of Kelsey with man coverage in other places, and then a lot more of them throwing some of those funky coverage looks that they have.
1: Uh, we're talking right now to Seth Kaiser here in the uh, program. Uh, how important is Pacheco? We we, we asked this question last mm-hmm. week. We saw him again uh, have a good day, uh, uh, particularly against the number one sacking team in football. How vital is it uh, for the Chiefs to have to be able to have a, a legitimate run threat?
0: It's a really big deal, I think, especially against the Ravens, because I think they're a better run defense overall. They've got Pierce in the middle there. They're a better run defense, which means you're not going to have as many obvious rush lanes. What we've seen with Clyde Edwards-Alaire of late is, you know, he's kind of revitalized himself as a bit of a power guy, running some of the gap stuff that they do shedding a few tackles, but the hole's got to be there for him, right? And it's got to be there for just a split second longer than it does with Pacheco, whereas with Pacheco he's really done a great job developing his patience as a runner, and he can kind of get through the holes as they develop, and so he can create a little something out of almost nothing, whereas Clyde can't do that, so it's a really big deal having Pacheco there he's also more of a threat for explosive plays, I know Clyde had had a long run in this last game, but generally speaking, Pacheco your guy
1: that's more of a threat than that. McCole um, Hardman's jet sweep. How important you know, I heard people say, well, why are you running that? Well, one, it's been pretty effective uh, over the years. Right. He's been good at it. But I'll give you a shot. I've talked about that. Like, Look, some of those Pacheco runs have a jet sweep behind it or a reverse behind it or a bubble screen that they show on the outside and Mahomes will hand it off and then fake like he's going to throw the bubble screen. You know, Maybe that's not window dressing. Those are those are options uh, on a play, as opposed to like you know the the motion to try to draw out whether or not it's man or 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 zone. But how important are those other elements to Pacheco? You know, I, I hear people say, I don't know why they're giving the ball to Hardman down there. You know, just run it. You've been running effectively with Isaiah Pacheco. Yeah, but at least part of their running game. And I'm curious to you, how much do you think it it is benefited by the fact that? All these plays have another variation that forces you to leave the backside D end home. Leave the corners on the outside because you're showing bubble screen out there. The safeties have to take a step over that direction or at least stay back as opposed to coming Mm -hmm. up. How much do all of the variations of what Andy Reid does with his offense benefit Isaiah Pacheco and his success in running the ball?
0: It's wildly important, and all you have to do is watch the angles that it sets up for some of the other blocking concepts that they have. I don't think it's an accident that they ran that on first down. They had plenty of downs left to play with, and it helps to set up that look and show that you're willing to run it. And I understand, you know, McCool Hardman, everyone this year, because guys have played bad, you know, guys have been taking a turn being on the the, the fan base's crap list, and I get that. And, you know, I mean, but, like you said, MV, or not MVS. <laughs> speaking of guys who have been on the list, Hardman has... He, he's, he's had a lot of success with that jet sweep look. We've seen it do really excellent things for the run game year after year, whether it was Hill doing it, whether it's Hardman doing it, even Tony doing it. And it does set up some of those blocks. It does force defenses on the edge, defenders on the edge, to, to just hesitate for a split second. So I don't think it was an accident that they ran it on first down, knowing that on the goal line that's tough. But the reality is if he doesn't fumble it, it gains a couple yards, they punch it in with probably Pacheco the next play, and no one even cares. And it's also worth noting, I just saw the stat today, and it backs up what, I see, what I've seen on film this year, the Chiefs have been one of the more successful short, de- short yardage conversion teams in the league this year. And so it's not as though it prevented them from having success in these situations. It's all kind of part of one giant puzzle.
1: Uh, time for our final four with Seth Kaiser. It's brought to you by the University of Kansas Health System. If you suffer an orthopedic injury in everyday life or by playing sports, the University of Kansas Health System offers that walk-in care. It's right there 435 and all. Open weekdays 8 to 7, Saturdays 8 to 2. Learn more at kansashealthsystem.com slash orthopedics. Let's start it with this. Thumbs up or thumbs down on the clam chowder. Not clam chowder, uh, I'm sorry. I'm, so- I'm sorry, wrong town. Uh, crab cakes. I wrote Clam chowder uh, last a... night for some ridiculous reason. But crab cakes is the question because they're playing in Baltimore.
0: I'm thumbs down on both. Uh, but I have the palate of a
1: five-year-old, so I can't be trusted. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Uh, tell me, who is the second-best quarterback in football today?
0: I think it's Joe Burrow. Okay. Um, but, man, there's a lot of really good quarterbacks. But I think I, I would say Joe Burrow. If I was going to pick one guy... Um, who's not Mahomes?
1: Okay. Uh, over or under one half, right? So either none or one. One would take it over. Jet sweeps to McCall Hardman this week.
0: Over. <laughs> over. I'd be shocked if there's not two or three.
1: Yeah. Um, I Got it. Uh, over a half. Uh, and then finally, uh, what is that? That's only, sorry, I'm being showed something we're going to get to here in a second there. Boom. One more prediction on the game. Who wins? What do you got? Uh,
0: I, I think I think the Chiefs pull it out. There's been a ton of conversation about the, the Ravens' defense. Chiefs have a really darn good defense, too. And so I, I think we see 23-20. I think the Chiefs pull it off and make it back
1: to the Super Bowl. All right, there it is, 23-20. He's got the Chiefs going back to the Super Bowl. He's a popular guy now uh, here, if he wasn't already. (laughs) Seth Kaiser, great stuff as always, Seth. We appreciate it. We encourage everybody to check out the Chief in the North newsletter. You're the man. We'll talk next week. Sounds great. Thanks for having me. All right, there you go, Seth Kaiser uh, from the uh,
2: Chief in the North newsletter. Breaking news, Jim Harbaugh has a new job. He does. Uh, From Adam Schefter, Jim Harbaugh is leaving Michigan to accept the head coaching job with the Los Angeles Chargers.
1: Damn
2: sucks. Chargers have their man. Defending champions now have a head coaching vacancy. AFC West just got a little tougher.
1: Uh it got tougher for the AFC West and, and Lawrence began. And Lance Leipold and Chris Kleiman's names have been mentioned as candidates for the Michigan job as well. So that could be a double barrel. Damn damn around these parts for some uh, for some cheese fans. Uh, I think Jim Harbaugh's going to do great uh with the Chargers. We'll wrap things up next with the kicker.
2: We are almost done for the day, but there's just a few more things we'd like to share. But there's still more. Here's the kicker. Here's the kicker of this whole thing on the program. But first, the Joe's Kansas City Barbecue burnt end of the hour answer. Three players have thrown six touchdown passes in a postseason game. Who was the first of the three? One more time. uh, Three players have thrown six touchdown passes in a postseason game. Who was the first? Name has been mentioned on this show. Uh, Johnny Unitas. Nope. First player to throw six
1: touchdowns in a game?
2: Nope. He may have been close to Johnny Unitas on a particular day. Uh must have played against him in a maybe in 19, maybe game. in Joe January third, nineteen seventy one, maybe. Oh uh uh what did we say it was Colts and uh Raiders. Raiders Daryl LaMonica. Daryl LaMonica against the Houston Oilers in nineteen sixty nine the other two Steve Young against the Chargers in the Super Bowl twenty nine. Tom Brady against the Patriots I mean sorry against, I have a story uh against the Broncos in two thousand eleven. Playing for playing for some uh Joe's.
1: Joe's Kansas City Barbecue. We just gave it away. Joe'sKC.com to put your order in and get it on your way home tonight. Uh, the best barbecue in the world. It's Joe's Kansas City Barbecue. Joe'sKC.com. Trust me, I missed you, Joe's. Today at lunch, <laughs> edible sides, best barbecue, best fries in Kansas City, best onion rings in Kansas City. I, I... It, it, you know, it was good, good only, to have that
2: because now I appreciate
1: Joe's even more. Yeah, it's am kind it's of spoiled
2: it, in the sense that that's right with It's the only issue with Joe's is that once you eat in there, you don't want to eat anywhere else. You yeah. go out of town, you're like, ah, damn it. Yeah. Give me back to KC. Uh,
1: well, congratulations, uh, Jim Harbaugh going to the Chargers. I'm a Harbaugh fan. He's won a championship in college. I hope he doesn't become the fourth coach to win both in college and the pros. Can you name the other three? Jimmy Johnson, Barry Switzer, and
2: Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll. Paul Brown did it, but not a Super Bowl. He won an NFL title.